0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Candace Dirksen. Coming up this afternoon, Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo joins us for a look back on 2021 and lists her big-ticket items to tackle in 2022. And John Gavlosky, entomologist with Manitoba Agriculture, outlines the top insect concerns from this past year. The latest farm news and market numbers also coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. John Gavlosky, entomologist with Manitoba Agriculture, says flea beetles and grasshoppers were major insect concerns over the past season, widespread across the province. He suggested flea beetles were the bigger concern.
1: All the canola is treated with a neonic, yet people were having to do foliar insecticide applications. I'm aware of some growers doing up to four foliar insecticide applications on top of the neonic seed treatment. So something wasn't working well this year. We'll get into what that might have been. In addition, uh, there was quite a bit of reseeding that had to be done for flea beetles. So I had quite a few uh, people telling me that um, reseeding was happening in their area. Now, a big part of flea beetles is... Getting the plants to the three to four leaf stage within about three to four weeks of seeding date, not when the plants come out of the ground, but seeding date, that's really the critical challenge. And if you can do that, you probably won't need to be doing foliar sprays. problem is when you get a year like this that was had challenging environmental conditions, it's a tough thing to do. And people were trying to do all the right things, adjusting their seeding dates and um, trying to wait till till there was a bit of moisture in the soil. Uh, But regardless, people were seeding, the seed was sitting there. And when the plants did come up, the plants seemed to be trapped in that vulnerable cotyledon and first leaf stages for um, an extended period of time. In the meantime, the neonics were wearing out, flea beetles were feeding like crazy and people were doing full year spraying. So that's the reality of what happened. Now, what you can do to alleviate that, I mentioned some people were adjusting seeding dates, the thinking being that if we, in in most situations people seed their cereals first, their canola second, maybe their soybeans next. Uh, I know of situations where people were seeding their soybeans prior to their canola to try to, because soybeans you can go a little bit deeper apparently, Um, And they're trying to wait until there was better soil moisture before they put their uh, canola into the ground to get that quick start. So that hopefully they wouldn't have to be doing foliar spraying. So people were doing all the right things. But even when you do that, you can get years like this where it's still not quite enough um, because it's it's just taking too long for the canola to get to that three to four leaf stage. There's been a few studies that have looked at seeding dates and uh, flea beetle damage. And generally it can work well. Um, the first study I've listed here by Lamb, uh in 1984, um, that they found that their earlier seeded tests suffered more damage by flea beetles, seeding a bit later, less damage. A uh, study by Jan Canova in North Dakota, a bit more recently, basically verified that. And a study by Hector Carcamo in Alberta, they got mixed results depending on where they did the study. But one thing, again, to emphasize, What really matters is getting the plants to the three to four leaf stage in three to four weeks. Whatever you can do to hopefully try to accomplish that is going to help. And in some years, seeding date may do it. In some years, it may not. It depends on the conditions.
0: A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Candace Dirksen. Now for a look at today's farm news. The president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association says 2021 was a rough year for agriculture. Bob Lowe talks about the impact for livestock producers.
1: Fires in B.C., the droughts from western side of Ontario west, took up a lot of time, a lot of effort, and a, a lot of mental anguish from producers. We're all familiar with droughts, but not one that basically covers western North America. So it's not a matter of going 100 or 200 miles to find feed. You go to the Hay West program from the East Coast, and we're bringing corn up from Iowa.
0: He says the Hay West program has been very beneficial for producers. So far, it's resulted in feed for just under 17,000 cows already, with another 100 million more pounds of hay to come. And organizers of Manitoba Ag Days say they're ready to go with next month's show in Brandon. Despite ever-changing COVID rules, General Manager Kristen Phillips says they've done all they can to make the show safe for exhibitors and patrons. For the first time in the show's 45-year history, there is an admission charge to get in. Being honest, it is partly COVID um,
2: and partly time. It was time for us to make a change. We were the last complimentary trade show that was out there. And just with restrictions and the additional security and ticketing, there was no way we could break even on our budget. And so this year, we have to have the patrons support us because we didn't feel it was fair to put it all onto the exhibitors.
0: Egg Days will take place January 18th to the 20th. Stay tuned. The Prairie Egg Wire is coming up. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Ag Wire for Wednesday, December 22nd. I'm Candace Dirksen. Coming up today, Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibeau joins us for a look back on 2021 and lists her big ticket items to tackle in 2022. farm broadcaster Corey Knut spoke with Bibo last week for the year-end interview. Minister yeah
2: just looking back on the year I guess uh, something top of mind for for farmers in the West here the uh, the drought I guess just your thoughts on uh, some of the challenges there.
3: It's been a, a big challenge for our farmers in the West. Uh, and, uh, well, I I was able to travel and to witness and to meet with farmers. But I'm very proud of what we've been doing in partnership with the provinces, you know, being able to roll out agri-recovery really fast and, and in a very nimble manner so so that producers got help uh, faster than I, I think they, they would have uh, seen in the past. Uh, but, I mean... Climate change is definitely uh, a reality, and and we are farmers are the first one to to be hurt and uh, to, to face you know the situation, and we have to to work even harder to be more resilient, and adapt and uh, and fight against this.
2: And uh, something uh, more recently here, the the flooding in uh, British Columbia. Um, your thoughts on on what's been happening there and and the recovery
3: another catastrophe for, for some of our farmers. Actually, I will be flying uh, to BC tonight uh, to meet with Minister Popham and visit farmers uh, to get a better understanding of the situation, see where uh, where we should start, um, you know, in terms of providing support. Obviously, my colleagues uh, with uh, the Canadian Armed Force and... Um, transportation as well to uh you know to to look after um uh the you know direct support to the farmers in terms of more arms uh more more boots in the ground to support but also to strengthen our food supply chain which once again as demonstrated to be resilient uh but then uh, we will have to go through the the recovery phase and uh there's a lot of work to be done, but uh, with Minister Popham, uh, I'll be there to uh, join forces and put in place the right measures to support our farmers.
2: We had a federal election this year, and you were named again as the as the Federal Agriculture Minister. I guess just your thoughts on on um, the election and and uh, returning to that role.
3: well it's it's definitely a privilege. Um, I, I love the agricultural sector representing a rural and agricultural region. Uh, myself. And I'm very glad to be back. Uh, I've been able to to build uh, relations with uh, the representatives of the different agricultural sectors across the country, with my counterparts uh, in the provinces as well. And actually, we have started the discussion uh, around the, the next partnership agreement for 2023 to 2028. So I'm very, very glad to be back.
2: And uh, just looking ahead to, to next year, uh, twenty twenty two, um, w- what will be uh, your top uh, priorities?
3: Well, if uh, we can uh, have a little break between between crises, I wish we can work a lot on our agri environment programs. Uh, we are ready to uh, put in place additional measures to uh, additional incentives, may I say, uh, to support our uh, farmers uh, in their adoption of uh, more. You know, better practices and having access to energy-efficient technologies, uh, investing in research and innovation to reduce our emissions as well. And uh, another big file will be around the labor shortage. So putting in place an agriculture and agri-food labor strategy will be one of my top priority as well.
2: Great. Um, that's all I had for a year. end. Um, if I could uh, just get a comment on today's announcement, uh, the um, Young Farmers' announcement.
3: Yes, it's called uh, Agri-Communication. The idea behind this program is, uh, well, I would say it's the result of uh, discussions with uh, the, youth, uh, the Youth Council. They are very concerned uh, with um, public trust. And, uh, you know, getting more awareness on everything they are doing to, to really be, uh, to be recognized as uh, investing a lot of efforts in sustainable practices. And uh, so this is why agri-communication will go both ways, actually. So what we announced this morning is, is a, you know, some kind of a call for proposal. For organization who would like to put in place uh, projects to reach out to consumers to demonstrate how our agriculture here in Canada is sustainable. And uh, within this initiative, in the coming months, there will be also the other way around, so gathering more information on the new um, demand, the new consumers' demand. Uh, in terms, a lot, uh, of uh, the sustainability. So cause consumers are asking, you know, they want to know where their food comes from, if it has been produced sustainably. So I think it's also important to gather this information and share it with farmers, because sustainability is definitely a matter of environment, but it is also a matter of competitiveness, because this is what consumers are asking for. This is what our... Uh, trading partners and competitors are working on. And it's very important that Canada remains a leader in uh, sustainable agriculture
0: and that it is well known uh, here in Canada and around the world. That was Corey Knut's year-end interview with Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibo. That's it for the Prairie Egg Wire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Candace Dirksen, and thanks for listening. Have a good afternoon. The Prairie Egg Wire will return Thursday on the Golden West Farm Network. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, part two of John Gavlosky's summary of the top insect concerns from 2021 and forecasts where he can for 2022.
1: So an interesting situation here. Um, we had uh, a field of canola being, I'll say, um, heavily damaged by uh, flea beetles and it had to be sprayed, foliar spray, right across the road is a wheat field. And the wheat has started to come up, but it's just full of volunteer canola. And what the farmer noticed was that there's absolutely no flea beetle damage to that volunteer canola, which of course is at this point untreated. Yet across the road, his um, neonic-treated canola, he's now doing a foliar spray on. So his question to me was, why? Why are they not feeding on this uh volunteer canola in the wheat? Why are they across the road feeding on my canola that I want to keep? And uh hard to know for sure what's going on there, but what I suspect is uh the the uh the, the crop residue, the wheat, and the residue that was present in that wheat field may have been creating a microclimate that the flea beetles Uh, didn't like, or at least didn't like as much. So they were all across the road where there was a better microclimate for them. And there's been a few studies that have looked at this. um, uh, I guess I'll call it a trend where you get less damage in canola in zero till situations. I've listed a few of them here. The first one is a Manitoba study and um, we've got a North Dakota study in there. The last one uh, is being done in Sweden where They're having some real issues with flea beetles as well and trying to figure out cultural controls that might help. So they're looking at that as well. But um, bottom line, um, flea beetles are picky. They do prefer certain environments over others and they do seem to prefer the more open environments that they get a lot of canola fields over situations where there is a bit of trash, stubble, or other crop. The other thing is regarding populations late in the season, there were. a a fair amount of people that were spraying their canola in August for the late summer population of flea beetles that was feeding on the pods. And this at times can be an issue. Um, There's only been one study that's really looked at the economics of it. They were trying to develop an economic threshold, a late season economic threshold for flea beetles on canola. They never really did provide a threshold because Um, even at their highest levels they weren't really getting economic damage so their conclusion was that even when you've got seeds that are translucent to green numbers higher than about 100 flea beetles per plant and for some cultivars higher than 350 per plant would be necessary to cause significant yield reductions so really um this is an area that probably needs a bit more work it's very very good study it it, um, it gives us some guidelines, but we did see some situations this year where um, the pods, that, particularly around the field edges, were really being heavily damaged by flea beetles and uh, people were foliar spraying and rightly so, because again, this study tries to provide some guidance, but you have to use your, uh, thresholds are an art and a science. And sometimes when you don't have, um, that gives you the answers you need you have to use your gut feelings on things so um, there was again a fair amount of foliar spraying late in the summer for flea beetles now what to expect for next year Tammy alluded to it flea beetles don't really hang out within the field too much Um, over the winter they tend to go to more sheltered areas to overwinter they like to crawl underneath some leaf litter or debris often it's in the area with some trees or shrubs. And um, we usually get quite good winter survival here. So bottom line, don't count on high winter kill. Expect flea beetles next spring. And I think how much damage occurs will probably uh, be due to weather events and whether or not we get conditions where you can get your canola from seeding to three to four leaf stage in three weeks. That's what it'll likely boil down to. But on the flea beetle end of it, based on what we've seen the past several years, recent trends, I would almost anticipate the flea beetles be back again.
0: Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. And now for a look at your farm calendar. Verified Beef Production Plus webinars continue to be held Tuesday evenings at 7 o'clock. These interactive webinars allow participants to view presentations as well as ask questions in real time. Pre-registration is required, so contact Melissa Atchison at 204-264-0294 or email verifiedbeefmanitoba at gmail.com. The official Manitoba Hunter Safety Course is available online. This is endorsed by the Province of Manitoba and Manitoba Wildlife Federation. Visit huntercourse.com to register. The Ag Action Manitoba Assurance Agricultural Crown Lands Forage Productivity Pilot Program is open for applications until December 31st. Visit the Government of Manitoba Agriculture page. And looking ahead, Manitoba Agriculture is offering environmental farm plan workshops over the winter. These will be held online. Visit the Manitoba Agriculture website to register. And the Manitoba Forage Seed Association is holding its annual seminar January 9th and 10th at Winnipeg Victoria Inn. Register on the MFSA website. And now for another look at your farm news. The Canadian Federation of Agriculture's 2021 Hay West program has helped a lot of livestock producers. Bob Lowe is president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. He says if you were one of the people that got some hay, it may have made a difference between selling off part of your herd or all of it.
3: In the last I heard,
1: it, was, it affected somewhere just under 17,000 cows and they've got, a, they've got 100 million more pounds of hay to get out to the west.
0: Lowe, speaking about the impact on the cattle sector, says overall 2021 was a difficult year from the fires in B.C. to the drought that stretched from the western side of Ontario into B.C. And organizers of Manitoba's largest indoor agricultural show remain optimistic they'll be able to go ahead with the event next month. Ever-changing COVID rules have officials doing all they can to make sure exhibitors and patrons are safe. General Manager Kristen Phillips. You know, I think this whole time we've been planning
2: and replanning and adjusting. And I think that we are very flexible and we are lucky that our exhibitors are so flexible as well. And I don't think that there's anything that we haven't already planned for. So I think we have the protocols and plans in place to keep everybody
0: safe. People attending the show in mid-January must be double vaccinated and wear a mask. I'm Candace Dirksen. And we've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Candace Dirksen. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email at thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. I'm Candace Dirksen, and thanks for listening. Have a good afternoon. We'll meet you back here tomorrow at 12 o'clock.